brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sipping time. Hello and welcome to this Suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. and we thank you for choosing to listen to us instead of medieval poetry with Mary. Wherefore art thou, O Philippa, in the dewy mist of the fallen rain? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so you're on Sip, Sides, and Smokes. I am one of your hosts here this evening. This is good old boy Mike. Joining me here on this show are good old boy Kevin. How's it going? And good old boy Will. Hello there. We are recording this episode uh, at the Music City Tipler in Nashville, Tennessee. My thanks to them for hosting us for this show. You can catch Will and Kevin behind the bar sometimes here. Uh, so, I have actually been to the Tipler in New York City, which is actually under the Chelsea Market on 15th Street. It's a small sign on the east on the side of the building. You just look for the hordes of people from Google across the street, and that is where you're headed. Just follow all the Googleites, and that is definitely where everybody <laughs> is going to show up. So, if you want to know about the latest tech talk in New York City, head to the Tipler in New York City. That would be my top pick. Because there's nothing like a bunch of tech people with really fat expense accounts uh, to uh, make for a really great <laughs> evening. <clears throat> While I actually, uh, I love the thrill of actually finding the Tipler uh, in New York City, this Nashville location is expansive. It is really nice. It's very inviting. Uh, it has a very cool uh, barback piece that I could stare at all day long. And I'm not, I'm talking about the furniture. I'm not talking about the hot bartenders that are behind the bar <laughs> uh, all day long. It's really a very cool place. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that we actually uh, got to be here and record here. Um, so it's a real pleasure. Listen, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. Today is a mixed drink show with distilled spirits. Will and Kevin are masters of the art, and good old boy Mike has some former experience tending bars as well. Today we're going to cover some classics, and I am looking forward to this because there are some great classics that you should get to know. Um, so uh, I would definitely tell you that uh, these are some things that you probably want to figure out how to make at home at your own wet bar at some point in time. You'll definitely be the hostess with the mostess uh, if you can figure that out. These drinks are actually pretty easy to make uh, for the most part. But there's a lot of things you can screw up incredibly easy, very quickly. Both a combination of the recipes, um, as well as the technique in making some of these classic drinks, might take a little bit of trial and error, but we'll lead you through some of those things to make it a little bit easier for you. Um, so we'll have these recipes online, and I'll try to credit the source where possible. Now, listen, some of these recipes have been copied, renamed, rehashed, published, pilfered so many times that nobody actually owns the recipe. So um, I will uh, certainly do my best to try and do that. So there are four classics we're going to get to go through on this episode today. First up is going to be the infamous Bushwhacker. Uh, Kevin's going to get to talk about this one. The perfect old-fashioned. Will's going to cover that one. The Moscow Mule and the French 75. So those are the four drinks we're going to get to go through. Will and Kevin are going to split these up. And they'll be introducing the drinks as we go along. 
and uh, we'll be talking about these. But first up, we're going to talk about our SIPs ratings. Will, you have the honors of going over our SIPs ratings for today. All right. So our SIPs rating ratings are, one, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. We might have one in that category. Two, nice, but what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Three, hmm, interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four, let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. And five, oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yeah! 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 <laughs> <clears throat> now, uh... Let's rate Will's ability to read the. <laughs> that was, did I do okay? I'm gonna go I ahead and give him a one. A one. Oh God! <laughs> nice. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Yeah. You know, I was uh, I was thinking a negative two rating might be you know in the office. Was it that? Was so it that week? You have to. You, you have to attend method acting class, you know, with Kevin. With Kevin. I don't have the the, the love and charm with time. my voice that that Kevin does. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll let you rehearse that, uh, and we'll wor- let you work your way up to a one, okay. Uh, so, uh, a really great show that I'm looking forward to uh, talking about these classic drinks. And I know this this is a mainstay of what you do here at the Tipler. I mean, you guys make uh, speakeasy throwback drinks all day long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that you don't make all of these here, but uh, I happened to start with a collection that was a, a good blend of some classics, you know, that are kind of made, you know, in a lot of places. And uh, so... I'm really looking forward to the discussion about a lot of these. Some of these drinks, people just may not know because they are not made um, at every single establishment anymore. Part of it is a lack of skill. Some of it is a demand issue. Um, some of it is just, you know, finding the ingredients is, uh, you know, even a little difficult as well. So, um Let's get right to some drinks. I'm thirsty, and I am definitely eager to kill some brain cells, Kevin. So up Excellent. first is going to be the Bushwhacker. Mm. Oh, the Bushwhacker. Uh, you're going to tell us all about uh, this drink, the <laughs> yes. history of it, and all this about it. This is a classic, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here in Nashville, there's a lot of locations that uh, have Bushwhackers, different varieties. And they're all unique. They're all tasty. And they'll get you where you want to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Easily. Uh, so the Bushwhacker actually comes from Pensacola Beach, Florida. Um, it's basically a variation on a... It's basically a chocolate uh, pina colada. That's basically what it is, for those of you that don't, have never had one. So you can kind of get that visual going. Mm-hmm. That's a good description. I like that late. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm milkshake for men. Yeah. The way to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's... It was the signature drink of the Sand Shaker, yeah, also known as the Shaker, Um, and that's the home of basically the original Bushwhacker. It's been there for almost over 30 years. Um, I think they began selling them in about 1975. Um, It's definitely rich, it's creamy, it's this chocolatey concoction um, that they've been selling for years. It's amazing. I need to get down there and actually have one of the original yeah. ones instead of the ones here. So, mm. um, so basically, uh, the owner, I believe, went down to the Virgin Islands, tasted this drink. Yeah, man. Called the Bushwhacker. We make you a good drink. Yeah, man. exactly. Um, and it was so good that they they wanted to bring it back, to the United States. So they brought it back. 
Um, they kind of experimented with it. They added a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they came up with the modern day, basically, Bushwhacker. Um, I think the original name was No Problem. Hey man, yeah. <laughs> hey man you got problem? No problem, man. After this drink. <laughs> so it was a it was a hit um, like immediately. Everyone loved it, um, and they were made in a blender um, originally. And most most places now um, have machines. Like every, everywhere yeah. in Nashville here, they have these big like slushy machines yeah like and they, you they make them in huge batches and they just <laughs> dump a bucket of a bunch of rum and booze uh, and it comes out all of a bushwhacker it, machine. it is it is a sad sight to see them dump all of <laughs> yeah, that at the end exactly. of the night um so basically one of the main ingredients in the bushwhacker is kalua this is uh kalua is a coffee liqueur um and it was added in there kind of get those coffee notes in there, flavors, very delicious. Also, 151 rum, everyone's favorite. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> high proof, high proof uh, rum. Flammable. Very flammable. Um, On many levels. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's he saying, man? Oh, he has no problem. Exactly. <laughs> hey, he, he's enjoying 151. <laughs> And then uh, they'll also do a couple places do a different couple varieties. They'll do a banana or strawberry bushwhacker. So all the kind of recipes nowadays are different. Every 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 bar or whatever has their own variation on it. Some are high proof. Some are some just taste like milkshakes. They all pretty much actually taste like milkshakes. I, I, I had one. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the one it uh, it might be two bits, but I had a bushwhacker with an amaro in it. Uh, I think it had a verna huh. as well. Yeah, um, see that sounds delicious. That sounds, yeah, that's well, they, everybody loves a verna. <laughs> um, Would you call that bushwhacker premium? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so basic the basic recipe um, for most of the bushwhackers they're gonna have cream of coconut in there. They're gonna have uh, Kahlua, some sort of uh, as you finish your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as you finish your bushwhacker, <laughs> some sort of dark rum, um, uh, creme de cacao, which is basically a chocolate liqueur, uh, half and half ice cream, and high proof rum. Could more, be a variation of any of that. More so. rum, always more rum. I've heard people have like 16, 17, 18 different ingredients in there before. It's yeah, people. Insane. No way. Yeah, no, they'll. People will throw in. They just start dumping things. In the it's <laughs> like any rum they can find, yeah. and and oh, you man, know what we got in the back butt tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to get just rid throw of it. the gin in there. Oh God, nobody no. knows. That's delicious stuff. Uh, so uh, it's pretty simple. You just dump all this in the blender, hit blend. Pretty much. I mean. There's probably a couple different variations out there, but most of the time it's going to be, yeah, dump it all in there and taste as you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the more I, rum, the better. I've done, I, w- w- the first time I tried to make one and I didn't have a, a recipe with me, I basically did like I would do a milkshake. You know, I used the cream and the creme de caca- uh, cacao and rum and I threw in a little bit of vanilla ice cream and uh, some chocolate liqueur and Kahlua and blended it up and you know, kind of made an impromptu bushwhacker, and it came out great. Really, it's it, the bushwhacker is just a basic recipe for how to you just blend Kahlua, whatever kind of rum you want, uh, throw in some form of coconut flavoring there, and, and ice cubes, throw it in a blender, and you've got yourself uh, a delicious, delicious, awesome beach cocktail, but really good anytime. Mm. So, uh, Kevin, how would you rate the bushwhacker nah, that we have here uh, in front of us? This is a hard. This is a it hard, is the, yeah. this is a difficult rating. And your sips rating is. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. 
I'm gonna give this a five. Ooh, a five. <laughs> just cause. Oh just cause. I, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. Uh, party foul. Yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna go out there and give it a five because um, I had never seen it when I came to Nashville, and I had it, and I was amazed. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was great with the cheeseburger. <laughs> well, what do you think of uh, Bushwhacker here? God, you know I. I'm so tempted to actually say five again. Uh, oh I mean, it's a thing. It's a classic. It's a classic. There's a reason this has been around for so long. It is. It's really yummy. Like I'm sipping on this one now, and I'm like, you know, you don't have to be fancy about it. You do not have to throw some frilly, you know, banana dolphin to make it look good. It's it. it What's it's a banana a, dolphin? You never. It's a <laughs> it's a garnish where you cut up a banana and it looks like a dolphin. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, tiki bar, anyways. But I'm saying that it doesn't need a garnish. It doesn't need to have super high end stuff. It. It's just a pretty good all-around cocktail. It's, I mean, it's it's good and it's yummy and and I think that the amount of bars in you Nashville, don't have to justify it. You love it. I, I, I love it. I love bushwhackers. <laughs> I have been bushwhacked many a time. Uh, it's gotten me rebarded and up and down Broadway Brew Row House, whatever you like to call it. It is it is a yummy drink. So I'm gonna have to go with five. Uh, group therapy Tuesday. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 See you there, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. You know, just I don't know if we call that a fall from grace or what. It's just I don't know. It's just, some moment here, I just can't quite figure out what it is. You know, um, I have had uh, I've had the bushwhacker actually uh, in several places in uh, in the Panhandle area. I have not been to the Sand Shaker uh, itself, but um, so I, you know, I guess one thing I was thinking about was uh, one of the things about this drink is I think about some regionality, you know, to this. So. If I had to pick where this particular one, it would run along the lines wherever sweet tea is. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Um, like I don't think that they would serve bushwhackers in like Ohio uh, or I the don't Pacific think, Northwest. I don't think. Yeah, you would not find them anywhere. Uh, you know, west of of Missouri. Um, <clears throat> so I do think there is some regionality that this is. We're going to call it a southeast, south, you know, maybe a lower Midwest, you know, kind of uh, classic drink. It is something that uh, um, a lot of people, you know, make make this. So I guess the, the one place that this really caught my attention, it happened to be a place uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Broadway Brew House. This is a this is a bar that I. I I don't go to a whole lot, but when I do go, I'm, I'm there for the beer. They have really, really great beer at the brew house, the Broadway brew house uh, location. And I was there for a particular beer release that evening, and <clears throat> I was actually sitting at the bar, and I can't begin to tell you that I was probably the only one that was drinking beer in the <laughs> entire place because everybody around me there were a lot of young ladies and a lot of college age kids that were like I want a bushwhacker I want a double bushwhacker I want a bushwhacker that has more rum in it I want a bushwhacker <laughs> I was like oh, okay alright I'm not having a bushwhacker but uh, I didn't have one that evening but I did come back in, a ne- in another time uh, at that same you know back to the brew house and I did ask for one and I honestly I hadn't had one here in Nashville ever <clears throat> and 
I actually watched them make it a little bit slower and the, understanding the ingredients. And the one thing that they skipped was they didn't float the 151 mm-hmm. on the top <clears throat> as the recipe calls for. And I think if this version actually made it like that, I probably would enjoy it a lot more. I'm a 151 fan. <laughs> um, Group therapy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What'd I say? Tuesdays? Yeah, yeah, we can carpool. Tuesdays at 1 o'clock. Good. I'll let you use my bus pass. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I have tried, you know, two or three varieties since then. It is, it's a good, it's a good drink. Um, it'd be a little difficult for me to call this a classic of all time. It'll be interesting to see if this survives a hundred years from now. Like some of the other drinks we're going to talk about are uh, on already a hundred years old. Are, are well over a hundred years. So. I would say the fact that the you know the bushwhacker has been around for forty, pretty good start. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think part of it is the simplicity of the ingredients and appealing to a wide range of uh, palates. Exactly, and young ladies. Um, so it's also it's also one <laughs> yep. of those everlasting like hair of the dog type of drinks too. This yeah, not, it's one of those drinks a lot of people have. Where you have it in your hand in a styrofoam cup. Yeah. at two a.m. going. This still tastes pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) What is this? In Nashville, it's known as the nectar of the Vandy candy. Ah, well, there you go. Young Vandy students love their bushwhackers. Definitely. And there were a lot of them um, there at the brew house uh, the evening that I was there. All right. So my sips rating for the bushwhacker. I'm sorry. I'm going to get rid of three. (laughs) I can't can't go there. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Hopefully, it'll get me out of group therapy (laughs) with with you, Will. I'll still hold your hand, buddy. And you you can take the buzz. All right, so uh, we've covered one really great classic. And, um, again, if you um, want to look at the uh, recipes uh, for any of these items, we'll actually have them posted on our Facebook site, along with the episode information itself, if you're listening to this online as well, so you'll get to see it. Up next is a really classic drink. It is highly misunderstood, poorly made many times over. And I'm so glad to have uh, Will to introduce this drink to us and talk about the history of this and tell us how to make the old-fashioned. So the old-fashioned, I've, I've spent a lot of time working with it, learning how to make it, learning the history around it. Um, it's At its most basic, the old-fashioned is three ingredients. It is whiskey, sugar, and bitters. And um, water. And, and water. Water, sorry, is the fourth ingredient, the ice, the dilution. Um, it originates uh, the first time. It actually was not always called the Old Fashioned. Back in, um, I think it was 1806, was the first time the word cocktail was ever used in print. Uh, it was describing a political rally, a drink at a political rally that was meant to uh, befuddle the mind and embolden the spirit. Um, it was whiskey, <coughs> sugar, and bitters. And people would go to bars and they would order the cocktail. They would ask if you go to a bar and you order the cocktail, they would give you whiskey, sugar, and bitters. Uh, bear in mind that back then in the early 1800s, most whiskey was cask strength. This is barrel to bottle, is, you know, it's higher proof whiskey. So cutting it with sugar and bitters made sense, um, and it still does. But as people started getting more creative with their cocktails, the term <coughs> cocktail no longer meant that. It, you know, it, it meant an overall, you know, way of mixing drinks. So people would order their cocktail the old-fashioned way. Is and then then there you have it, the old fashioned. Now, uh, traditionally, it's made with uh, rye whiskey. Uh, it's a little hotter, and it is a stirred cocktail. It is one of the only cocktails that is stirred in the glass. You do not need to stir it and then use a julep strainer and pour it into the glass. You do your whiskey, your sugar, your bitters, and your ice cubes, and stir it. 
most of the time in, in modern day, if I was to make a classical fashion at a bar, I would use a quarter ounce of ideally Demeraro simple syrup. Um, this is a uh, sugar one-to-one. Demeraro is a thicker sugar. It's darker. Um, you get a lot more flavor and sweetness from it. You need to use less of it, which allows the whiskey to come out a lot more. And then you would do two ounces of rye whiskey. And I was taught to you to use one dash of Angostura bitters, which is one of the original bitters. Um, it is a, a, it is about as old as the old-fashioned itself. It was originally uh, designed to be a uh, for medical uses. It was meant to help you know your stomach and your digestive process. But alcoholics in the morning started putting bitters and Angostura in their whiskey because they both wanted to drink and their stomach hurt because they drank too much the night before and all of a sudden it becomes this awesome alcohol flavoring. I also use one dash of Fee Old Fashioned Bitters. It has a lot of allspice in it. Um, it is, uh, it's really flavorful and floral. Uh, but the thing is, with the Old Fashioned, you really need to do your ratios, your proportions, and your bitters around what whiskey you're going to use. To make a good Old Fashioned, your goal, or at least my goal is at least, to present the whiskey in the best way possible using sugars, sugar, bitters, and ice as a platform. So say you had a really hot whiskey like uh, Rittenhouse Rye, um, then I would think with Rittenhouse I'd need to stir it a little longer. I want a little bit more dilution. Uh, but at the same time, Rittenhouse, you know, it's, it's so hot and if you're stirring it a bit more, you don't need to use as much simple syrup because the water is going to dilute it a little bit. So you use a little less simple. Um, and then you might use two dashes of old fashioned because all that heat and with the dilution, you're going to lose some of those softer herbal notes. So your, your goal with an old fashioned is to, is to bring out all the best flavor you can on the whiskey and to present it as best as possible using those tools. Um, the old fashioned too is it's one of, definitely one of the most dynamic cocktails out there because it's so simple with uh, just the three ingredients, but even just changing the sugar using demerara or regular sh simple syrup, you can use agave, you can use maple, you can do all these different diff like for sweetness mm -hmm. or and then all the bitters that are out there nowadays, different styles of orange bitters, allspice, uh, cherry bitters, so you can really change the cocktail. Um, just a little bit and tweak it and it makes a huge difference yeah but it's still such a very simple cocktail to make well yeah. so i like the one tip that you have there will which is you really uh uh and it's a little bit different than maybe i have it wired up in my head mm -hmm. you know i i always think of this as from the nose down mm -hmm. uh, you work on the aroma and then you work down to the bourbon but i agree with the way that you said it uh, makes a lot more sense because um work with the base bourbon and then kind of work your way back up about what it is you need to tweak or vary you know based on the the type of bourbon that you're really choosing um for you know for this <clears throat> so even that one tip about if you're choosing something that's a bit more high stir it a little bit longer dilute it a little bit better mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good tip um, and yeah i, I really like it yeah there's it's definitely meant to for uh high rye mash bills for bourbon or just rye in general you don't really want you can always do it but most of the weeded whiskeys out there are sweet enough as <coughs> they are they can just drink on ice the old fashioned is really meant for Sorry. high rye yeah. whiskey let's do the uh, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> um 
One more thing, I, and, and I, I left this ingredient out because the garnish for the old-fashioned, it is an orange peel, and it is not just garnish. A lot of people think when a bartender, you know, puts an orange twist or something, or they express an orange, that it's just a visual presentation thing. But it, especially with the old-fashioned, most certainly is not. Oranges have uh, an extremely high amount of oil in in the skin. So when you do an orange peel, the ideal way to get the most orange flavor, and bear in mind this say a whiskey was very soft and it already had orange notes to it and you don't want to do this you would not go through all these steps but to maximize the flavor from your orange peel um, you want to peel it over the over the drink after you've built the cocktail before you've stirred it i'm sorry after you've stirred it you peel the orange over it because as you peel the oil is going to shoot out and you can land some on top of that then you express the orange which means that you're going to pinch that peel and shoot the oil out pour downwards and it's going to put oil on the top of the drink and then you rim the glass uh, that means you're taking that peel and you can look at it and the outside is going to be shiny and you can see that oil and you're rimming the glass so that those first couple sips are going to have more orange notes and what that's going to do is it's going to layer the cocktail because by the time you get down to the bottom that ice is going to have diluted more the orange oil won't be on the rim and it's going to taste different than it did when you first did it yep. and the final yeah. <laughs> final tip is for for high proof whiskeys, uh, especially if you're, you know, if you're doing a, a cask strength, yep. um, what you, one fun trick to bring out more orange notes is you, after you've built it, before you've put the ice in, express that orange peel, drop it in there, then stir it, and that high alcohol content is going to draw out the orange oil as you stir it. Hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, one question to ask you about. So, um, I, I read some recipes that switches help with brandy. Um, so. Is that a good variation at all? Uh, that is, it's funny actually, I had this, uh, people come in the other night, that's definitely a uh, Wisconsin thing. Um, anytime anybody ever comes in and orders a brandy old fashioned, I always ask them where they're from. And 99% of the time they say I'm from, from Wisconsin. Yeah, you ain't from around <laughs> here. And then I know exactly how to make it. So they like it. And there's nothing wrong. Honestly, that's the big thing. There's you nothing. charge them double for that. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing I'm wrong with it. From it's a different style. It's probably actually the style that most people are used to. It's They use a muddled orange peel, muddled cherry, brandy sugar bitters it's a different style of doing it um there's nothing wrong with it at all that's the way they do it and that's the way they love it and i will make that all day long for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it it's but just a different style it, it um definitely sometime i don't know in the 80s or 70s somebody started making putting uh, oranges and cherries uh, and soda water and things in old fashions and it got muddied up and a, a lot of that actually came from uh, when the old-fashioned first went to sort of, you know, Euro-Asia. Uh, in certain areas where they didn't have, you know, immediate access to cheap, just granulated sugar or simple syrup, what they would do is, they, I mean, if they had cherries, they would use cherries. If they had oranges, they would use oranges. That allowed it, added the sweetener, and if they didn't have all of that, they would use soda water. So that sort of evolved, and people started picking up, and that, that's kind of the, the modern day, what you'll see a lot of old fashions have, mm. have those ingredients in. That's where that comes from. <coughs> So, uh, Kevin, I know you made the one uh, that we're enjoying right here on the show. Oh, yeah. So, first off, uh, well, you don't have one. I know. I'm looking at both of (laughs) y'all, and I'm starting. There you go. Here. here. You You know, if we're all going to go to group therapy together, we might as well. He already said it was a five. Well, you know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The the first start is admitting, (laughs) you know, 
have a problem. It's a very good old fashioned, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, so, what's your rating on his old fashioned here? I and and I'm loath to put the old fashioned on the same level that I put the bushwhacker on, which really, <laughs> really, yeah. it really affected my judgment with the bushwhacker. I feel I'm committing a lot of bartender sacrilege when I'm saying it. I almost want to drop it down just so the two aren't that close to each other. But but the old fashioned is a five. I uh, oh I, I drink every whiskey. Oh, there we yeah, mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Uh, I drink every whiskey as an old fashioned. It is my favorite cocktail. I love seeing what people can do to it. It's the easiest drink to make, but it is the hardest to master. Um, it is a five with no questions above all else. Cool. Well said. Well said. <clears throat> Kevin, how would you rate your your uh, old fashioned? Do you have a noise for a six? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't think that's allowed to be aired over the radio. <laughs> this is a, this is my six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is this is the this is I mean top top top. You can't really oh beat the old fashioned. Um, it's a classic. It's the classic of all classics. I mean, you can't really go wrong with it. Mm. You can make it wrong, but... <laughs> you can, yeah. <laughs> but true. a well-made old-fashioned, you really can't beat it. It's simple. Um, it's delicious. Everything, Everything's right about it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, this is a drink that I have literally had all over the globe. I mean, every continent that I've been on, I've at least had one variation of some kind uh, about this, no matter where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> I do have to say the ones that I've had probably in the New York area probably present the widest point of variation. Um, just because there is a globalization effect, you know, within the New York City area itself. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely it's a drink that I love if it's made well. Um, and I can really hand some, handle some variation off of it, you know, from, from one place to the next. Um, so I have an interesting story to tell you guys uh, about uh, a little bit of research that I was doing, um, and you'll enjoy this. Uh, before the show, I was actually I was I was looking at some background about the old fashioned, and I ran into a YouTube video. Of this guy that was uh, I think he was from France or Spain or something like that. He was you know it was like this is how to make the perfect old fashioned. I'm like cool. I watch this guy on YouTube. You know, he had this little you know cocktail. You know, show that you know he was. He would teach people how to make cocktails. He, and he didn't shake it, did he? Are you about to say <coughs> he shook it? Uh, so, <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to th- go through this as best I can. <laughs> so, uh, I'll see if I can find the YouTube video. Maybe I can post it along with the episode. Plus, maybe we'll watch it after we record the episode, so you'll get a good laugh about it. Because <laughs> when I tell you, this guy had like 15 steps. Us making old fashioned. I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? Because he had like these little graphics that would pop up. You step two, step three, you know. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, I was I was okay with you know part of the, you know some of the variation he had. So the very first step was funny because he said step one is you take a rocks glass, you put a napkin over it, you put a sugar cube over it, mm-hmm. and you you dash the bitters on top. I know Will's looking at me like. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm like, this will be, this will be quite entertaining. Then he takes it off the napkin. I'm like, oh my god, with all the paper product on it, are you kidding? Dumps it in the glass, and then he's like, well, the first thing you want to do is you want to kind of muddle this together a little bit, 
And I'm like, what was the whole point of the napkin? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> other than to dump some crap in my drink that was on that napkin now. Anyway, so <clears throat> now I'm enjoying some paper products, some sugar, and some bitters in my old-fashioned. I'm like, okay, this is going to get interesting. I've got to watch the rest of this. So <laughs> he says, well, the first thing you have to do is you put in one shot of bourbon. Tossed in one shot of bourbon. He, he puts in a, one cube of ice, he says, and stir. And it shows him stirring, and then it speeds it up, you know, in, in like, you know, really fast motion. And I'm like, man, that dude's wrist is really moving. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's accelerated the video. <clears throat> and he's like Superman bartender, you know. <laughs> So he's like, uh, okay, and then we add another cube of ice, and we add some more bourbon, and we stir. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like sitting there stirring, you know, and all this fast motion. I'm like, God, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, when does this nightmare end, you know? I'm like, when are we getting to the orange, man? Because <laughs> if there's not an orange at the end of this rainbow, there is no old-fashioned. And he's like, okay, and now you're almost to the final step. And he, add, he says, add one more cube of ice and a little bit more bourbon. And, by the way, you take a full teaspoon of Mascherino cherry syrup and pour it into the drink. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Oh, oh yeah. I, was like, I just felt that noise. I was I'd... just like, oh, my God. He's like, and we're stirring, and we're stirring, and we're stirring. And, you know, like, the whole video goes through the whole thing again. And I'm like, oh, God. I just, is there, is there, is there an umbrella, <laughs> you know, at this whole thing? <laughs> I'm like, you know. Can we light some fireworks off on this drink? I mean, it's just... So, sure enough, <clears throat> he finishes it off, and he, he does take an orange peel, you know, and, and but he does not twist it. All he does is he bends it. He just bends the orange peel and jams it in the drink. So, he doesn't do that essential step that you talked about, mm-hmm. which is you're releasing the oils over the drink, as well as you're letting the, the peel itself breathe, as well as moving the essential oils around the rim it's about the aromatics that you're trying mm-hmm. to you know bring around and, and keep in the glass as long as you can <clears throat> and then he took a mascherino cherry and plopped it right in the drink he said and now we're done and I'm like yeah so you're definitely done <laughs> oh, my like, god. oh my god oh my god i'm like okay this is just please stop <laughs> can i call out the cocktail police on you just suck man you know the poor soul (laughs) i was just and he was using woodford reserve too on top of it i was like okay well you know i'm a bone for that it could have been a it could have been a a worse choice that's for sure i would have well i think i would rather watch him do it with like woodford than no than pappy oh god that would have been worse Mm. if he had done it with that um so after the story i uh i have to offer up uh some tasting notes here on uh Kevin's old fashioned. It's 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 really good. You know, um, I have to say, it's been sitting here in the glass for about twenty minutes now, <laughs> um, and uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I had it when he first made it, and definitely the aroma just you know burst out, and I was like, wow, this is everything that I think about. You know, when I have a really good old fashioned, I was like, this is a really good drink, and I watched you make it too. I was paying attention. I was talking at the same time, but I was paying attention to what you were doing, and, and I was like, hmm. You know, part of me was like, mm, stir it long enough. <clears throat> but no, it was spot on. I thought you diluted it perfectly. And, you know, I have to say this is going to be a four. Uh, and Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so part of it, I didn't see what bourbon you chose to put in this. You want to guess? Um, hmm. <laughs> Stump the chump, I like that. Hang on a second. Hmm. Um... <clears throat> 
Uh, uh, Do you want a hint? Um, no, I know. Um, is this a Buffalo Trace? No. Oh. All right, because it's a little bit sweeter. There's a little bit more wood on it. I didn't see you grab that whistle pig up there, which nope. has been fine by me. Whistle yeah, pig. right. <clears throat> did you uh, did you do your orange bitters? I did. Kevin uh, Kevin likes to put one dash of orange bitters, ah. which which is awesome. So that might throw you off a bit. All but, right. Uh, All right. So I give up. Which uh, so which bourbon did you use? I didn't use bourbon. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. I really? Used rye. Oh, you use rye. Yep. Of the so Dickel it was variety. the sweet orange rye that is sweet orange bitter. That I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Tossed me off a bit. Yeah, it's it was Dickel rye, huh? Um, and we don't have Demerara here, so I had to. You Hang on a second. Let me cut your microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 use Demerara for uh, for our ginger uh, beer and yeah. stuff. But but yeah, no, we we swap we swap to to Bar Simple, and it's fine. Um, it did have to change the ratios a bit, but. But mm-hmm. raise your right hand. I will serve no rye to my <coughs> good old boy Mike, especially Dickel rye. <laughs> Man, ain't nothing wrong with a good rye. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> still a really great drink, and I and I I think that's my point is that um, I fooled was, you. You, you, you <laughs> fooled me by making a really great drink, and uh, that's what I liked about it. Excellent. So um, I would definitely love to go through some you know varieties. Uh, as I've, uh, I haven't done it lately, um, but definitely as I travel around, you know, I, I definitely take in, you know, probably some some local varieties of whiskey that you don't see here in the states, um, as well as in, you know some regionality to it as well. <clears throat> so I will tell you my own personal recipe that I make um, at home. Um, I make brandy cherries, and so to me that is the essential garnish to yeah. a really great old fashioned. Um, and I just have a really great brandy cherry recipe that I've used for a long time. And it was unfortunate. I was uh, actually ran out. I was hoping to bring some uh, for a couple of the drinks we have tonight. Uh, but this was one of them that it, there's just something about having that in the glass that just sets things off. It's like the X factor in the glass, you know. Um, no, it's not a teaspoon of cherry syrup. <laughs> Just like, oh my god. That or the napkin. Killed me in the napkin, yeah. So, uh, I knew you guys would really enjoy that. That was uh, that was definitely a lot of fun. Hey, listen, I uh, really in, uh, enjoyed um, our first two drinks that we've gone through uh, here first. We are going to take a segment break here, and we will come back and talk about our next two drinks, which is going to be <clears throat> the uh, Moscow Mule. Mm-hmm. Hey, with that awesome ginger beer, yeah, beer from the Tiddler, yeah. and the French seventy-five, one of one of my favorite drinks. Uh, we'll get to talk about. So, listen, don't go away. Stay here with Model Trains with Dave, <clears throat> and we'll be right back. Hey, that's going to cover our episode for today for part one. Be sure and join us for part two. We'll come back and we'll cover two other classics. Moscow Mule and the French 75. With that said, I want to thank our listeners here at Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Listen, you can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, PRX, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, on the backside here at the Tipler, and of course at Spreaker, our native media host. 
They question every single time our credit card runs through going, who are those people? Hmm. Our terrestrial radio station hosts are always expanding, and right now they're going, Kevin, I'd like a gallon of French 75 delivered to us. We'll actually put these guys on the air. Listen, if you would like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, tell them about the French 75 and some really great guys that actually know how to talk about those drinks on the radio. Send them a note. Copy us as well. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting floats. Tasting floats. Tasting. Tasting floats. Tasting. Our, our tasting floats. Definitely tasting floats. <clears throat> I, I'll have another French 75. <laughs> <laughs> our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at, at SipsudSmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a really big help to us. You can tell everybody, oh my God, I think Will sounds really cute. <laughs> and rate oh us a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can see yeah. your feedback as well. I really want to thank my co-host. Will, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. It was really great. Kevin, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You made the best thing I've ever had today. And that <laughs> is that is really saying an awful lot. I really appreciate it uh, quite a bit. Again, thank you for joining us. This is good old boy Mike asking you to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.